Well, hello and welcome to episode number 51 of Virtual Team Dynamics, the Allfire podcast. My name is Francis Norman. I'm the founder and principal consultant here at Allfire. At Allfire, we specialise in helping you get the most from your virtual teams through understanding how your team members communicate and interact. On today's podcast, we're going to be talking about some of the challenges in learning to communicate downwards in project virtual teams. So essentially learning to communicate to your subordinates wherever they may be located within the project and of course globally. As with all of our podcasts, there's an accompanying article on the All Fire website. So please do check it out for additional information. And of course, while you're there, feel free to sign up for our regular newsletter comes out once a fortnight and has links to recent articles, both Ulfire articles and articles on the web. And while you're there, of course, again, find out a bit more about how we may be able to help you with your business. So communicating downwards in project virtual teams and in co-located teams as well, there's there's many, many things that we're going to talk about here today, apply regardless whether your team is all in one spot or whether your team is in many, many, many different locations. There are, of course, some things which are specific to multiple locations, but by and large, the vast majority of what we discuss here today will be applicable right across the board. Now, for many people, the the idea that they need to have a flexible way to communicate when they're passing a message on to their subordinates within a project is often something that would not necessarily register. It's very important, of course, for a project manager, possibly the most important thing for most project managers is the ability to communicate effectively to keep their personnel informed of what's happening within the project, to inspire their team, to direct their team, to deal with issues by raising matters as and when appropriate. But traditionally and for such a long time, project managers have been doing this face-to-face. They do it in a co-located project environment where they'll get all of their people together once a week, once a month, once a quarter, whatever the uh, appropriate time frame is, and they'll have a a get-together over a coffee, they'll have a get-together over a morning tea or over a lunch or, or whatever. There'll be some form of an information session run where the project manager or the project leader will stand up in front of everybody else, usually with a big pack of PowerPoint slides or a little video clip, and they'll brief everybody in one place about the project. Now, where this can start to get can start to unravel there are a number of different places where where problems can start to occur. Firstly, many project managers forget that they are talking to people who are there to do a transactional task within their project. So a lot of project managers, because they have to deliver briefings to their board, to their sponsors, to their managers, they tend to recycle the same information and deliver that same information to their subordinates. 
Now, for some of the subordinates, for some of the project team, that will be fine. They'll be interested in things like the economics of the project. Um, they'll be interested in some of the things around the project environment. But for a great many people on the project, they will have very little interest in that kind of information. Their interest is very much more around how their part is contributing and where the future will be within the business and within the project. So, firstly, the project managers themselves need to be aware of their audience when they're delivering this information. And they need to deliver it in a way where the material that they deliver, regardless of the cultural context, the material that they deliver needs to be appropriate for their audience. Now, once you move beyond that, you then start to get into environments where you've got different cultural uh, requirements and where you've got different temporal requirements and they themselves again contribute quite a lot to the way in which the information sh can and should be delivered. If you're delivering, if you have a project where you have a, multi a, many, a number of multicultural offices so you don't have a single base culture in any one of your offices then you need to Pick a middle ground as far as the material that you deliver and generally that middle ground will be the cultural middle ground from which the project manager or the organization itself evolved. So if you're a US-based business, then your default culture as far as the way information is delivered will be very much the US style. If you're an Australian business, it'll be an Australian. If you're an Indian business, it'll be an Indian style and so forth. So you need to deliver it firstly to the style which is most dominant within the office environment in which you're giving this information. And the next thing, the, or the other thing is, if you're dealing across multiple time zones, you need to find ways to deliver the information in a temporarily sensitive manner. Now, back to the cultural part, if you are in a business where you have some offices which are broadly multicultural but other offices which are let's say monocultural where you've got say um, one office which may be in China and everybody that works in there bar one or two people is of Chinese origin then for that office you would go with or you would aim to go with a set of information which is appropriate for the personnel in that office because they may have different interests and different drivers and different ways to have del information delivered to them compared to the rest of the business. So you need to look at your offices, you need to look at each office, sometimes office by office, and determine what the best way is to deliver that information to them. Not just assume that because everybody works for you, they're going to get the information the way you want to give it to them. I mean, you can do that, of course, but, but what you will often find from doing that is that the people will, quite frankly, will just switch off. Or the information will be so complex they won't grasp it, or the information will be so simplistic they'll think that it's not worth their while to even listen. So picking the right balance and picking the right way to deliver it is very, very appropriate and very important. So with the with the temporal issues, with the time zone differences, if you've got an office which, or if you've got a project which covers the entire 24 hours around the planet, you don't want to deliver your um, your project briefing in a live only broadcast because that will mean that some people will have the ability to absorb that information live during their daytime 
For other people, the only option they'll have if they want to hear or see the presentation will be to be in attendance either live in the office or logged on on their computers at whatever time your presentation is being delivered in their time zone. So if you're delivering it at noon in your time zone, you may well find that for some people in your team, that could be 2 a.m., it could be 10 p.m., it could be midnight, it could be some really awful hour where you're then sort of imposing on people the requirement that to listen to you to find out what's happening on their project, they have to be at work at an at an unusual hour. Now that introduces a couple of issues. Firstly, it's it's not very equitable that you're expecting people in some areas to uh, to be in attendance at these unsociable hours. It's also quite unsafe because you're starting to build in you're starting to build in um, a corporately expected level of fatigue for people to uh, to to be in attendance. So if you have one of those projects where you have multiple time zones and there is no other way to deliver your information, the recommendation that we would have is that you record your presentation and either deliver it as a live presentation in one location which is recorded and which records questions and answers if that's the way that the meeting is delivered, or which or where you then sorry go back a little bit there where you would deliver it live in one location record it and make it available as a downloadable or accessible video or audio file for everybody else or record it and broadcast it to everybody as a recording so so either everybody gets the recording or the office where you deliver it gets it live and every other office gets the recording this way at least Everybody has a chance to listen and see what you have to say in their own time zone. They don't have to be essentially moving into your time zone to receive this information. So that's very, very important. That gets away from the fatigue and it gives them a sense of parity. The other thing you need to be very conscious of is questions. So you may well deliver your presentation in one location but people in another location may have completely different questions so you need to find a way where those questions can be asked and where your answers can then be made available now the ideal here would be for everybody to be able to post questions and anonymously if appropriate onto a common platform and then you can respond or you or one of your personnel can respond to those questions so that Everybody in the business can see the questions and everybody in the business can see the answers that you provide to those questions. But to do so, as I say, in a way where where nobody gets to see who it is that asked specific questions. Because for some people, they will be very, very uncomfortable asking a question, even if that question is a benign one. They'll be very uncomfortable asking that question in a public manner. Whereas if you give them the opportunity to ask that question in a completely private way, you may find you get much better feedback, you get much better engagement. And principally the reason you do these communications is to give people an opportunity to understand where their project is, for you to give them a bit of inspiration and show them a bit of direction, but also to solicit feedback from your employees because people will come back, hopefully will come back with some questions, some of those questions may heavily influence the way you see the future of the project and may be very beneficial for the way your project will run going forward. So the more you were able to engage and extract information from people, the better. Now, other things to consider, if you do have a multi-centre project, 
would be periodically to deliver your um, regular address in a different office. Ideally, if let's say you've got three offices and you deliver three a year, so each quarter or each three months or each four months, whatever the sequence is when you deliver these, try to be in a different office so that each time a different office gets the chance to see it live and the other two offices get to then receive it recorded. That again builds equity, builds a sense of of everybody being on an equal playing field and it gives you an opportunity to genuinely engage and sense the views the views of the people in different locations rather than see always the views of the people in one location. So that that opportunity to travel around would be would be something we would definitely recommend. Um, it's also good if you are if you if you have a regular sequence to deliver these addresses. Let's say you deliver them once a quarter, but you visit other offices in between. Take the chance to have a separate little informal breakout where you can get people to sit down with you and you can have these conversations around where the project's at and where it's going, and to do so with the whole team rather than just sometimes happens with the leadership team in another office. So other issues and other causes of breakdowns, um, the physical separation we've talked about, this is something where you really do need to be very cognizant, particularly in a multi-centre virtual team arena, you need to be very cognizant of that physical separation between you and your project people. The second one is, for some project managers, they just don't see they don't believe they have the time to un- to undertake these information sessions. They, they, they would rather be busy with, let's call it with busy work. They'd rather be sitting looking at a schedule or in a contracts meeting or something like that than they would be standing in front of their personnel and giving them a briefing. And some project managers are very uncomfortable standing in a public space and delivering a briefing. Now, I guess the observations there would be that regardless of the views of the individual project manager, the project team itself expects to hear what's happening. So there's a there's an expectation and a demand from the team that their manager will deliver this information for them. So you as the manager, you need to find ways where you can deliver this. If you're uncomfortable delivering it in person, then the best suggestion would be to find a coach who can work with you on your presentation style and take the time because you 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 really are delivering this to an audience that wants to hear what you've got to say so it's a very very good environment for people to learn to publicly speak it's not somewhere you will know more in that environment than almost anyone else about what you're going to talk about so it's a very very safe environment to to learn and become comfortable in presenting so firstly use the opportunity to improve your public presentation skills and secondly if you don't feel comfortable doing it find someone that can coach you but you really must do it it's more important for most of your personnel than almost any other task that you'll undertake on your job and ultimately the people that work for you on a project are the people who deliver that project so you it's incumbent upon you as their manager and as their leader to demonstrate that you need to be doing what you need to be doing, and that is speaking to the people about the project. Then the next thing is that really, for some project managers, they just don't think it's important enough. And it really and truly is. It really is the most important thing that you deliver this information to your people. You also, of course, as we said earlier there, you need to listen to what they have to say and you need to take it on board. You need to tweak your presentation 
to suit different environments. You need to deliver it at a time which is appropriate for everybody on the job or through a manner which is appropriate for everybody on the job. And one way that you could consider to do that would be even be to do something like a video um, or an audio or a podcast where people can access it. And even if they can access it outside of work, that way they can listen to it on the bus, they can watch it on the bus, they can, you know, they can, um, they can consume your um, your update in a manner that suits them best. Now, the final comment that we would make is that these updates should be delivered regularly and at an appropriate point during the life cycle of a project. So if you've got a project which is, let's say, a project that's going to run for two years, and during that two-year period, that project will go through four different phases, it could be very appropriate that you will deliver then a briefing each time the project approaches or passes through a phase. So you may not need to deliver something every month. You may be able to get away with delivering only twice a year. Equally, if you've got a project which is very quickly paced, uh, you need to find a way where you can deliver things in a much quicker pace, in an easy way for people just to get little bits. Your presentations can be five minutes, they can be ten minutes, they can be half an hour, they can be an hour, they can be as long as you need them to be. But they need to be regular, they need to be timely, and they need to have the right kind of information. And the one final parting comment would be that it's that you are delivering this for your people. You're not delivering it for you. So very much try and avoid talking about things that have been achieved in the first person. Talk about things in the we rather than the I, because your projects are team efforts and your team will appreciate it much more. If you say that, if you give people the impression that you're taking credit for all of their work, they'll see you as a terrible narcissist and they really will not have a lot of faith in you going forward as their leader. So you need to find a way through these presentations to use them to build the level of trust that you would have with your people. So hopefully this presentation, uh, this podcast has been of some interest and uh, you've got something useful from it. Um, If you have and if you want to check out the business, then we are at www.ulfire.com.au. And of course, we'd love for you to sign up to the podcast feed to take these uh, podcasts regularly. We'd love for you to sign up for our newsletter, which is accessible from the Ulfire website. And of course, we would dearly love to hear from you in whatever way you feel is appropriate. And I very much look forward to speaking to you in future episodes. Thank you.